CJ McCollum had 36 in his second game as a Pelican. How did he do it? We'll break it down. Plus, do the Pelicans need to make some changes to the starting lineup and the rotation? Let's talk about it all in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts, of course, and no paywall or anything like that. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth the shows. We've got a couple of games coming up too for the Pelicans. Three games. In fact, they need to start winning these if they want to not lose some ground in the Western Conference play-in tournament race because the loss to the Spurs over the weekend on Saturday, 124-114, was a big kind of like shot across the bow there, a big punch to the face to the Pels who really needed to get that one because the Spurs aren't trying to go anywhere at all. And today's episode, by the way, of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's get into that game. The 124-114 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs active on the trade deadline a little bit, kind of doing things that they don't normally do. And their big move was actually trading away a guy in Derek White, who's looked good for the Boston Celtics. A move that on the surface at first kind of had me being like, huh? Are they kind of tanking? Are they just kind of planning more for the future? And I think the answer to that to a degree is yes. But I think they also wanted to try and free up minutes for some of their young guys. They wanted Devin Vassell to get more minutes in there. He started a guard in this game, scored 14 points. They drafted Josh Primo in the lottery very high. He scored nine points in this one, but I think they wanted to free up some guard minutes for both those guys to go out and be able to play and really try and start kind of planning for the future. And of course, when you have a guy like DeJounte Murray, who can go out and put up 31 points, seven rebounds, 12 assists, and he was the all-star replacement for Draymond Green, they're good. This is a team that's not going to go anywhere. So now the Pelicans are fighting with the Kings and the Spurs, having just lost to the Spurs for that 10th spot in the Western Conference. But you saw some bright spots for New Orleans in this one, particularly C.J. McCollum. After a subpar debut, just 15 points, right? 36 from the new Pelicans guard. 15 of 24 shooting, 3 of 7 from deep. Perfect from the free throw line. 11 rebounds. Some of those were in garbage time, kind of late in the game. But 5 assists to for the Pelicans guard. That was a big thing. But what hurt him here, what hurt the team, 6 turnovers. The team finished with 15 on the night compared to the Spurs, who had just 5. So look, they're still trying to figure a couple of things out. You know, the beginning of this game was a lot of give and go between Brandon Ingram and and CJ McCollum, kind of like your turn, my turn. I think they looked like they were basically trading possessions or trying to. And that's not a way to kind of get in a groove and run a very cohesive, coherent offense. That's just two guys kind of playing isolation one-on-one, and that's not what's going to do well for New Orleans. But they can score. And they did. Brandon Ingram finished 22 on the night. And C.J. McCollum, again, 36 points in just his second game. He did this 
from all three levels. From three, we mentioned three of seven. He was killer in the mid-range too. And also living at the rim in this one. He was aggressive, trying to run the offense and orchestrate the offense. And again, he's not a point guard. He can maybe be a combo guard at times. But the five assists are no joke. He had five in his first game against the Miami Heat too. He's capable of doing this. So you've got to give him a little bit of time to kind of figure things out for them all to get on the same page. And look, you know, they've been playing at home. They're going to have a number of practices. He's here with the team. That's a good thing. You don't have travel days. That's a big, important part of this that maybe he can get some more reps and practices in and maybe they can kind of go through all this growing pain stuff sooner rather than later. But again, you have a guard that can score in three levels. They haven't had really any sorts of play like that from the guard position all year long. From three, killer in the mid-range, and being willing to be aggressive and get downhill and score at the hoop. He did all of that. Nikhil's never done that. Devontae Graham, and we'll talk about him in the third segment and the second segment, took six shots, didn't make a single one of them. He doesn't have a mid-range game, right? He doesn't get to the rim. He finishes around 40%, sub-40% at the rim in his career from two. Those are bad numbers, right? So you have a dynamic guard who can score and get his own shot off. When they start getting on the same page, maybe, and this teases to the next segment here, figure out the rotation, they're going to be okay, and they'll start winning some games. But look, these games coming up are tough at home. Um, Toronto on Monday, then you get the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday, and then Dallas on Thursday. Those aren't going to be easy games. They could be looking at 0-3 in this six-game homestand where they're supposed to make up ground actually has them falling back. But this was somewhat to be expected. You're bringing in a new high-usage player. You've got to integrate him. But seeing that he can get to the rim, seeing that he has the mid-range in his bag, again, he's going to fit seamlessly next to Brandon Ingram. Whenever, and I don't expect it to be this season, Zion Williamson comes back, we will see them work well together, too. That mid-range is important. You need something like that. It's like body blows to the defense. It pulls guys out just a little bit. You're going to guard C.J. McCollum when he gets into the middle, uh, you know, when he steps inside the three-point line because he can shoot that and he can make it. And they probably think that given he's a guard, they have a better chance of blocking it. It's not like Brandon Ingram where you're not even going to be able to contest that. So C.J. McCollum really added a, a level to this offense that they didn't have before. But that's not why, you know, he's not the reason why they lost this game, right? They're still struggling to shoot threes. The Pelicans did shoot a little bit better in this one, 34%, but there were stretches where they were just clanking things. Devontae Graham going 0 for 4 from 3 certainly isn't going to get it done. You know, they defensively really struggled in this, really struggled in this one. Lineup changes might be able to fix that again next segment. And then they got no bench production, really, too. There was just no one who made an impact coming off of the bench. Jackson Hayes, quiet, just four points on the night and one rebound because you can't really run him out there so much at the power forward spot where it's really worked for him. So all of that said, is it time to make some changes to the starting lineup just two games in to the C.J. McCollum era, I guess you would call it? for the New Orleans Pelicans. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. It's that time of year that I usually give up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I enjoy eating one of these things all the time. 
Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. They're delicious. They taste like a candy bar. So when you have sugar cravings, things like that, go to a Built Bar. It's good for you. And have you tried the Puff Bars? Because if you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars out there. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they have incredible flavors. There's the churro puff bar that's very cinnamony, they have coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, they're so good, they're going to be your new favorite, and all built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in calories, high in protein, so replace your candy bars or other snack things with these, they are better. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you're going to be blown away. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar or any of those other snack things that you're eating. This is going to be so much better for you. If you want a couple of flavor recommendations, I love the mint brownie. The white chocolate cookies and cream is also great. I just got that one in. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at built.com. Uh, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts, the people who know these teams better and can give you the kind of key takeaway. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we just went over the Spurs game. Pelicans losing 124-114, struggling on defense, struggling to make threes, but C.J. McCollum, awesome three-level score. We knew he'd be able to do that. Once he gets on the same page with Brandon Ingram, and there's more of a two-man game there rather than kind of playing more isolation ball each, they're going to be fine. It's going to take a little bit. That's okay. We expected this. Usually with these type of trades, you have a quick little step back when it comes to these sorts of things as the new guy gets integrated. He will. I'm really not worried about that when it comes to C.J. McCollum. I am worried, though, about some of the other stuff with the team, right? You know, from some of the things we've seen, certain things just aren't working. Part of it is the defense is going to be in a rough spot. This is a downside to C.J. McCollum, you know, or something you're concerned about with him, is the defensive side of that. You know, alongside Devontae Graham, who's a zero, who's negative defensively and undersized, they, they really struggle there. And we've seen that kind of all year long. You know, maybe it's time to make a change and maybe one inject a little bit more length into the lineup or just more versatility or something. And part of it is, and I want to talk more about his struggles in the next segment, Devontae Graham has is, is really been rough since the start of the new year. And I'll go into some of the numbers in a minute with him. So do is it time to make a lineup change? Do you go with CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Herb Jones, Jackson Hayes at the four, and Jonas Valanciunas at the five? Would that be a better lineup? Again, you're not, you know, that's actually pretty tall. That There's a lot of length to that sort of group there, I think. And I think it could really work. You have CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram kind of as your primary ball handlers combined. They definitely equal one point guard. So I think that kind of works. You get defense in there with Herb Jones. I think by taking Devontae Graham out, your defense just simply gets better. You have Jackson Hayes, who's been great at the four, and in those starts that he's had when Josh Hart was out, he really excelled. And then Jonas Valanciunas is just Jonas Valanciunas and a solid dude, right? You had 17 in, in double-digit boards, like no problem for him the other night, 12 rebounds. No, no big deal whatsoever. I think that lineup is something they really need to consider and start looking at. Is there enough shooting out there? I don't know, but you know what? By trying to put in a guy like Devontae Graham and give yourself more shooting, you're not actually getting it because he's been struggling. So at this point, who cares? You know, it's not like the shooting can get that much worse if it's just non-existent. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they try and make a move to something like this. Maybe it would do Devontae Graham better just to be on the bench when he doesn't need to worry and just can kind of fire away and get more shots and do his thing. You know, or do you go with a guy like Jose Alvarado in place of Devontae Graham? It help you defensively. He's a bulldog out there. We've seen him at times be a spark for the team. Offensively, he's hit or miss. You know, but he does make shots at times, I think. So I think you could look at that being a potential option. I think that's not the route they want to go just yet. But it gives you more of a facilitator. Let's CJ McCollum kind of do his thing off ball a little bit more. I think it's an option. But I think at this point, seeing this team kind of struggle in these two games... In seeing that the struggle is more shooting, not C.J. McCollum shooting, but the rest of the team, you need to kind of abandon that at least for a little bit. And again, I'll give you the numbers on Devontae Graham. They're kind of rough. I don't know if you can keep putting him out there with the starting lineup and having that unit not make progress or, you know, kind of get you ahead, right? You want your starters to go out there and build the lead. And you want your bench to come in, not to build a lead, but to just kind of maintain it, just not be negative. If they can kind of play at net zero, you feel good about your chance of being able to win. But when your offense and your starters aren't beating the other team's starters, you're going to lose more games than not. And that's some of what we've seen right now with the Pelicans. Devontae Graham and his struggles are a really, really big part of that. So maybe there's not enough offense and shooting in there, but I think between Brandon Ingram C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas, you'll be able to kind of get it done. Jackson Hayes gives you a nice lob option for those guys. And frankly, I think there's a little bit more rim protection and there's a little bit more defense down low because you're likely putting Herb on wing defenders or on wing offensive players or guards. He guarded Murray in this one. You know, maybe you need Jax down there to be more of a, or just at least give you a little bit more rim protection, basically. Just give you another guy that can be down low and try and be a deterrent which you don't have when Herb's out there on the perimeter the majority of the time. So this kind of puts everyone in more slightly more natural position for themselves, and I think that could be a big thing for New Orleans and trying to win some games and to not have the starters kind of get run off of the court. And also, then, you need to drop a couple of guys. Garrett Temple? Garrett Temple's bad. I've been saying this all year long, and it's so annoying at this point, right? 0 for 2 in this game with a block and a foul. That's it. That's all he did. Gary Clark has been nice at times, but he doesn't need to be getting eight, nine minutes per game, and he's been negative defensively usually. He can grab a couple rebounds here and there. Every now and then he has a good shooting game, but for the most part, his shooting has kind of really fallen off a little bit from where he started when he was shooting 40%, you know, albeit on small sample size for the Pels. Those minutes need to start going to Herb Jones. Like, they just do. It's frustrating that it's not, and I don't really know why. That's a guy, look, not shooting amazingly, has definitely been a negative on the team, but you know what? Garrett Temple's a negative on the team. Gary Clark's a negative on the team, too. You may as well give it to the guy with upside and the one that we think could be a good three-point shooter. Certainly, right? Gary Clark, it, it doesn't matter, right? Same thing for Garrett Temple. Where did his numbers go? On the season, he's shooting 31.3% from three. Trey Murphy is shooting 33.6%, 34%. It's better. Like, what, If you need more shooting, we have all of these nights where they can't make threes. Put in the guy that we've seen could be a three-point shooter. 
you know, he needs to be getting more minutes. He gives you more switchability, more versatility out there on the wing, too. And I like that they've been giving Najee Marshall more minutes, too. So I think you really need to start to kind of fine-tune and cut some guys from the rotation, tighten that up a little bit, and start giving minutes to freaking Trey Murphy over Garrett Temple. All right, coming up, Devontae Graham struggles. Let's talk about that a little bit more in depth here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. So from the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where to, sorry, where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information that you want from that. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. No paywall or anything like that, just Pelicans Talk covering everything you want to know about the team five days a week. No one else is doing anything like that right now. So, for your second listen, it's got to be Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. It's officially the offseason for the entire NFL. What are the Saints going to do at QB? They've got their head coach, but this is a pivotal offseason to try and figure it out because that defense is good. Are they going to be able to get back into the postseason? Who's going to lead them there? Ross Jackson breaking it all down. So, make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen today. Okay, so we just went over the rotation changes that need to happen. And I think at this point, they need to drop Devontae Graham to the bench because he's been really struggling. Since January 1st, right, they played at Milwaukee, lost by 23 in that game. Devontae Graham has shot from three on 8.4 attempts per game. 31.5%. You want to be kind, rounded up 32%. It's giving you 12.3 points on 12.1 shots and 4.4 assists during that time. Those numbers aren't good, though. Those scoring numbers are really rough, right? That kind of inefficiency. He went 0 for 6 in this game against the San Antonio Spurs and didn't take a shot in the second half. What's he doing out there if he's not making threes? What's he doing that's good if he's not making threes? I'll wait. Because the answer is not really anything. And if he's not even going to take a shot, you may as well put someone else out there that can be a threat offensively to do something. Maybe it's Jose Alvarado. Maybe it's Jackson Hayes at the forward that gives you another added dimension that's just a little bit different. If your shooting's going to be bad, don't keep shooting the ball and having empty possessions and breaking shot after shot after shot. This is part of the reason why they brought CJ McCollum in to give you more of a credible three-point threat. But Devontae Graham's not playing well and hasn't for a while. This is a 20-game stretch where he's shooting 31.5%. I think it's probably time to put him on the bench and maybe let him be that scorer off of there to go out and get some points because we just said the bench didn't give you anything in the Spurs game. Maybe he's the one that can kind of do it and it gives you an, a different dimension offensively when it comes to the starters. I think that's an important thing that they really need to start looking at. His aim on his three-point shot, it's... It's like, it's very off. I can't really describe why he's missing, but he just straight up is. And you can see it just slightly, I think, on his shot too, that there's a slight hitch. If you watch it, if you catch it, and it's easier to see in person than it is on whoever's carrying the games. 
And if you see it, you'll, you'll, you'll notice it. It's really slight. And it's like, he just releases the ball slightly too late. And I think he's in a sense, breaking some shots because of that. And maybe if that gets fixed, the shooting will come around. But it looks like there's something there. I don't know what it is, but it's a bad mechanic. And you can kind of tell when he doesn't have it, the shot goes in. You can almost see it every time. He he should be a good shooter. In theory, he's a good shooter. The problem is something seems a little bit wrong right now. But that's a long stretch, 20 games, to be shooting under you know league average. They need him to be more than that. He doesn't give you much else from that. So maybe it is time to put him on the bench, and I think it is, and do someone else, something else. And it helps you defensively, too, because he's been rough in that area. So I think it's time to probably put Jackson Hayes in there as a starter. I don't think I would go with Jose Alvarado and let a guy like Devontae Graham come off the bench and just fire away, and you're not worried about him taking shots away because he's missing shots from a guy like Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum. So let me know in the YouTube comments down below, do you think he should be moved to the bench? Who do you think should start in his place? Is it Jose Alvarado? Is it a guy like Jackson Hayes? Could it be Trey Murphy? Though I don't think that's a good idea just yet. But they need to do something to try and get things a little bit right over these next three games to wrap up their homestand. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoyed the game tonight. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.